0: Real trust is one of the most difficult things to create in the world. Relying on somebody involves a risk. We've been disappointed so often that it's hard to trust. Hard to trust the people in our lives. Hard to trust companies and bureaucracies and governments and politicians. So much betrayal It's left a real dent in our ability to trust. But think of this. Our human bonding is entirely dependent upon trust. In our modern world, we develop substitutes for trust and human bonding. We overwork, we overeat, we live for parties and pleasures. We invent formulas like quality time in order to fit family and children into our loaded schedules. We're also not averse to discarding a a partner who no longer pleases us and go on and get another. In such a world, is there room for trust? Any time for trust? It would seem not. But in the gospel, Jesus says that the master has trusted the house to the care of his servants. We are told, be like servants who await the master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. The master was a trusting person. He did not doubt his servants at all. He relied on their faithfulness, their fidelity, just as God relies on ours. Yet, if we go back to that gospel story, instead of human and godly bonding, the people isolated themselves into selfish indulgences. They used the freedom that they were given to cut themselves off sharply from their bond with their master. They were eating, drinking, dancing, forgetting all about their duties, which were ultimately duties of love. What were they saying? The master is nowhere to be seen. He's probably staying overnight at the family's house. So we are free. Let's have a party. I wonder, do you and I do this to whatever degree with God? Paul gives us an example of fidelity, of having faith in God, of trusting God. Paul basically tells the story of Abraham. God asks a series of risky deeds from Abraham, each time rewarding him for his faith and his belief. The first challenge. Travel to a land that he would somehow inherit. Pass through great deserts and villages full of strangers Live in temporary shelters all the way. Maybe most harsh of all, believe that his wife Sarah would at last conceive and give birth, even though they were both, in the words of St. Paul, almost as good as dead. Those are some pretty harsh challenges that God places before Abraham and Sarah. But notice that in each of them the Lord is true to his promises. A promised land is reached. A beloved son is born. Now of course now of course this gets worse, not better. God ordered Abraham to make a bloody sacrifice of his only son born of his old age. Well, so much for trust, you would say. Save yourself and your children. Of all things, do not trust a God like this. But Abraham remembered. Our reading says, He thought that the one who had made the promise was trustworthy. Even although this command was completely impossible and outrageous, Abraham at last relied completely on the steady reality of God's love. Many people think God was asking for obedience at this point. But in fact, God was asking Abraham to remember the trust and the love and the promise that God had shown in each case. God had given a promise. Abraham would have descendants as numerous as the sands of the seashore. And God keeps his promises. For better or worse, this is the way that we are also led towards bonding with God. We are asked to remember, remember God's faithfulness. Remember his love, even when things seem impossible or we're asked a really challenging thing. Remember, remember that God has loved us and has given us his promise. What's the lesson? Stay faithful, even if the entire world gives in to greed and disregard for others. Be there for those whom Jesus loved. Remember God's trust in you. Remember love. And then, trust God in return.